When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, my goodness. D-line's off, so we get the funky dad music. Let's get it going. Funky dad music in the house. Vote, oh, are you not feeling this or what? Are you? Oh, he's gone. I was wondering. He would be dead. <laughs> I know he would be feeling the beat. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app right over Jeff's head. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. Uh, one way to make the Nuggets season more fun, bet on it. Although it also could make the season way worse. So uh, be, be very weird. Uh, be very weary. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about Nikola Jokic. Staying in Denver forever. He'll never leave us, as so he hints at very strongly uh, just yesterday. And we're also going to try to make this season great again. Not the most fun season so far, but maybe these little tricks can make it better to help me uh, brainstorm some ideas. My old friend, a former co-worker over at Denver Stiffs, hosted the CSG podcast. It's Jeff Morton, one of the OGs in Denver Nuggets media blogging. What's happening, Jeff? What's up, Ben? How are you? Um, well, that was short. That was I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't say much, Jeff, but when you do it short and to the point, I salute you for it. Uh, it vote uh, saw you were here and took off. I yeah, you know he did. There can only be one short person at a time in video, so I I, I took up the space. That's all it was. <laughs> only one short person at a time. You know who does not believe that? Tim Conley just keeps bringing in nothing but short guys. Uh, a full this roster. This is true. Tiny Kings. Oh, he's back. Hey, Jeff. How are you, hey. man? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm great. It's good to see you. Old boss, new boss. Everyone knows each other. We're all friends. <laughs> so, man, um, you know, today I think will be a little bit light on analysis of these last two games, in large part because, look, the Nuggets smacked the heck out of the worst team in the NBA, the Houston Rockets, and then right. they lose um, – a somewhat ridiculous, very frustrating slash annoying game against the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe a, maybe an important one. This season is just how it is. It's up and down. I mean, you look at it. I don't know that like one game really leads you to the next one. It's just like a series of one-offs. This is like 82 one-game tournaments that you, the Nuggets are playing. And after each one, you're just like, okay, well, that's over. Let's, let's move mm -hmm. on to the next one. Uh, and that's where we're at. Jeff, just off the top, do you have, though, any thoughts that you wanted to uh, impart on us on the Nuggets' just recent play? Like this this no Monte, no Michael Malone stretch? Well, it, it, it just uh, much like everyone else in the NBA, everyone's in the same boat. and it's But particularly for the Nuggets without Jamal and uh, Mike, uh, it's just a year of survival. 
and then and that makes the year a slog. So you go one game to the next. You never. It's, it's like where the Nuggets were stuck in that one win, one loss, one win, one loss pattern. And that really basically is the way I look at it. It's probably going to be the pattern for this year. So the loss last night just didn't bother me at all. I kind of expected it. It's just the, it's just the, the way you got to take these this year. Yeah. So you mentioned win streak, man. We'll get into that. I, actually, I guess I'm going to table it because that is one of the things that's missing from the Jokic era. Win streaks. Long extended win streaks. And I would love to have them. Maybe that's part of uh, the trick here. But I actually want to start, Jeff, because you were – I want, I'm not going to say trolling, but you were semi-trolling people last night when Jokic laid his comments. You were uh, about admiring Dirk and wanting to stay in Denver. You're like, oh, what? You guys didn't think he was staying? Come on, everybody. I mean, let me play the clip. Before I get to it, I'm going to play the clip, but then I'm going to ask you why you were so yeah. confident about this. And by the way, this video is choppy. This video uh, from Nuggets PR, so it just came out choppy. But I'm going to play after the game yesterday. The most interesting part of the game was Nikola Jokic's postgame commentary. Here we go. Hey, Joker. Um, Dirk Davis is getting his jersey retired in a couple of days. Obviously, I know uh, you grew up watching him. Um, what is some of your favorite, well, one of your favorite memories of, of him uh, playing in the league? Uh, you know, he's a, he's a kind of one of one of the few guys that was playing for the one team, for the one team in the whole life, the whole career. And uh, he won the, he won the, uh, he won the title, he won a ring and uh, I really, really uh, admire him, and uh, just because of that, because uh, he didn't kind of quit, he didn't abandon the team. So I really admire that. So he goes on after that part to talk about he admires his scoring and he does unique this and this or that. Talk about his play style, but obviously that was the part that made headlines. To me, this was like I was sad about that game for twenty minutes, but when I saw that quote, I was like, oh. Sweet. You know what? I'm in a great mood because honestly, for me, that might be this is says as much about the season as it does about the quote. But that might be the highlight of the season for me. You know, we haven't talked much about it because I think it can be annoying when you live constantly in the future. What's happening next summer? Like, who do we add? I just I like to try to stay more present than that. But I I would be lying if I didn't say it was nice to hear Jokic almost paint himself into a corner saying like, hey, I admire guys who are loyal and stay with their own team. It's almost like he's positioning himself to not be able to to leave Denver. Jeff, what did you think when you when you saw that quote? Well, I, I did get some blowback from my tweet, and it, and it was primarily because it I was surprised that people were thinking he was going to leave. It, it wasn't a um, – it wasn't a, a, a situation where I was where I was like – trying to actively troll people. I was just surprised <laughs> that it was out there uh, because like I didn't cross my mind and it was surprising to me that it crossed other people's minds. I, that's the point I was making. Um, and Why did it just crossed uh, your mind. I mean, this is 2022. Everybody leaves except for like three guys. It, you know, it's just, it never struck me as something that was in his personality. I mean, a couple of years ago after Arturis Karnasovas left for Chicago, uh, I asked a couple of people I know in the league about it. I said, "Like, man, there's a lot of there's a big Serbian population, right, in uh, Chicago, and maybe that that's a big factor." And the person uh, kind of chuckled a little bit and told me, "Chicago is not Sombor," and <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah." So that, all that put into my head was like, Jokic considers his time in the USA a job. His home home is Sombor. 
And I don't think the factors of lifestyle and all that stuff or, or being around a bunch of Serbians who live in, happen to live in Chicago, I don't think that enters his mind. I think he thinks of this as a commitment and a job. Mm. You know? So. Gotcha. Vote. Are you as have you been as confident as as Jeff that this is the case with Jokic all along, or was last night you know kind of a nice little reassurance of something you hoped but didn't really necessarily know? No, I'm with Jeff, and in fact, I blame you for manifesting any other thought. Um, you personally, Adam, I haven't. But, hey, this is the first time I've ever talked about. It. I've never said anything like this. Is I've been very conscious of I'm not wanting to is, be this out. This to be there out have there. been three Jokic to Chicago conversations in my life, and you started all of them. But I will also <laughs> say, um, no, because he said similar stuff about Tim Duncan too, and I was actually in a room when he said on record that winning a championship in Denver would mean more to him than than winning otherwise because of that, because of the right. battles with the teammates, collectively striving towards a goal and accomplishing it together. Now, to your point, Adam, we have heard this before and seen actions to the contrary. I just don't really know if Jokic is that kind of guy. Maybe something changes and his motivations genuinely do shift, but I think he's speaking from a place of, I don't know if this is a guy that wants to restart, not just the process with a team, but assimilating to a city organization culture so on and so forth yeah i think all of those things are right and your point about it's not sombor like chicago's a big city it's a big market whatever but i wasn't honestly the chicago thing is just like convenience it was more just about do you fear thing look denver i think has put a nice situation around him i think they've treated him incredibly well i think the fan base has really accepted him especially even early on um i think that the team has given him a nice roster. It's just unlucky. I mean, the Nuggets should be title contending right now and maybe even favorites, and it's just unlucky right now. Um, so you always get that in your head like, oh, no, is he sick of the bad luck or this or that? But to me, the one thing I will say, two things. Jokic is really present. I think I think it's actually one of his more underrated personality characteristics is I don't think he lives in the future or the past very much. He's just kind of like, oh, I don't dwell on my mistakes in the past or I don't, I'm not looking forward to what my legacy is. He's just like, yeah, this is the challenge I have and I'm going to approach today. And I think it's a real big strength of his. The guy who I think most embodied this, tell me if you agree with this, Jeff, because this is a take. We haven't talked about this. Okay. When I was watching the last dance during the pandemic when everybody was watching it, that mm -hmm. was one of the things that struck me about Michael Jordan was that he seemed to be a guy that was like hyper-focused on the present. Right. Not not really thinking about even like his own legacy or this or that, just like a guy that seemed to enjoy like the world second by second. Um, and I think that in sports, it's actually a really valuable trait to have somebody that's always right now, just their brain is right now. Uh, that uh, The nuggets and it's a tat tip to Tim Connolly have really actively sought out guys who want to be part of a basketball operation. Right. And there's so much more with American sports. There's so much more. When you grow up here, there's a big consideration that's not necessarily for people who are from outside situation that you grew up in. And one thing I immediately noticed about Nikola Jokic as he started getting more popular and more famous is the way he looks at life is very much this is something I do. And I have my horses in Sambor. Right, I've, right. I've got all this stuff that keeps me what I really want to be doing, what I like doing. I'm really good at basketball, and I like doing this, but my grounding is in Sambor. And the only thing I've ever told people is that the only thing 
Nikola Jokic, the only fear that I have is that eventually he'll just get sick of being in the NBA. And that's the only thing. <laughs> right. And retire or just go back. Yeah. It's not going to another team. It's just that he's like, I've done all I can and I'm going to go back to Sombor and just live the quiet life. Yeah. That being said, though, Jeff, don't you feel like that's more? And actually, I'll ask you this vote because I think that's true, too. Like, I don't know that he's going to be doing the LeBron James, 37 years old, only eating carrot juice and, you know, whatever. <laughs> I have a feeling like, I, but but I also don't think he's like close to retirement. I do think that he sort of enjoys this portion of his life or what have you. It's just that he's not going to be a guy that tries to hang around and for, for an extra bunch of years. Would you kind of agree with that vote? Yeah, I don't think – I mean, didn't he say as much in, in the interview as well, the most recent interview as well, that he's not a guy who wants to be playing well past his prime? Um, right, yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right that he's a present guy. I really do – look, it's a limited context in which we get to know these guys, but totally, these answers have added up to, I think, uh, uh, what paints a picture of someone who does a very good job of, of dealing with what's in front of them, um, which I think is is – highlighted by TJ McBride once asked Jokic a great question about what motivates him. And Jokic wasn't really sure how to answer it. It was neither winning nor losing. And I don't think he does much looking back or looking forward. So true, so man. The puzzle in front of him, the, the challenge in front of him, I think there's a lot for Jokic to chew on in the moment. And so I think that's enough. And in fact, I would bet that when he does the grander reflection is where the room for some of the, this is a circus. It's a little exhausting. That's where it starts to creep in. But I think when he's on the court, it's just, you know, there, there's only one thing to do and that's play basketball and play it well. It, yeah. I, it, I take this comment too. It's funny. Cause it's just like, it's so great to hear like, but I also take it as not maybe a deliberate shot at like a LeBron James and Anthony Davis or all of the many you know, Kevin Durant, all the many superstars of the last decade who have gone the other route where it's like, let's just chase this or that. But I do find it in stark contrast. And we talk about athletes being present, people being present. I think LeBron James is the least present athlete I've ever seen in my life. Like he's constantly thinking about what does this mean for me? Like 50 years, what will people say for about me or this or that? He even has in, on his own show, this is like five years ago where he's reflecting on the 2016 championship. And he says, that's, that was the game that made me the goat or whatever. Like he's in his prime playing basketball, thinking about where he now fits along the 55 year history of the NBA. So I almost feel like this is in as much as he's saying, like I admire Dirk, you know, Giannis obviously fits in that category. I feel like he's also the reverse saying this as in, I don't necessarily admire or even value this idea of like, you just go wherever it's easiest to get a championship. Do you take it that way at all? Uh, Jeff? I, yeah, I mean, there's no better uh, essay on that that people are going to laugh at this, but I think the best description of Nikola Jokic ever came from the most unlikely source, and that was Michael Porter Jr. and his <laughs> and his description of him on JJ Reddick's podcast, where he talked about how he doesn't, you know, his description of him is like Mason Plumley was doing better than him and, and Tom and all that this is, stuff. This is, this is like a bottom five Michael Porter like thing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. If I had to rank the things about it, that would be a bottom five one. You thought Plumley was better, even for one hour. Yeah. You had that take is like too long to that. But then he went. He shifted. He made an interesting shift. He didn't go into talent. He didn't go into skill or anything like that. He said he it never gets rattled because yeah. he just it. It's just it's the same pulse all the time. 
Well, when you got someone like that, their motivations aren't necessarily what, say, Michael Porter Jr.'s motivations in basketball are. Uh, someone who's grown up in the AAU circuit and who looks at world the world completely differently, as we know. But right, right. someone who, uh, like Jokic, who, like, his motivations, you could tell his biggest care is not necessarily right in front of him playing basketball. And guys like that tend to be tend to be the guys that don't get rattled at the end of games. Those are the guys who are like, it's just a game. I right. don't, I, the, the pulse of the game is not affecting me in any way, shape, or form. That was the best description of it. So guys like that aren't necessarily motivated by moving to Window City and, quote, getting a championship. The challenge of getting a championship at the player at is probably a lot more appealing that rather than just flying off to LA and, and joining up with another super. Right. Do you feel vote like there's any level of Jokic that's like, can you read any disdain from that quote into the guys, the many guys in the NBA that don't feel that way? You're muted. You're, you're muted there. Vote. <laughs> Am I unmuted? I'll stop short of saying disdained, actually. Um, yeah, I think there's yeah. a lot of admiration. I think there's a lot of admiration. And yeah. it's because I think as best we can understand, it's about the process for Jokic. And so I just, there's a reward in the continual climb and the harder route. And the and just this aspect of like, it's a team thing. And, and every day and every year, you come with shared goals in mind. And if as a group, you can move closer to this goal, uh, I just think he personally gets a lot out of that part of it. And that, of course, exists in abundance in the harder path, sticking around. So I don't know if it's disdain, but I definitely think it's admiration. The fact that he's tabbed now Tim Duncan and Dirk as two guys for this reason, it's very clearly something he values. And look, there's nothing there's nothing more reassuring for a Nuggets fan to hear. I think you're right that it's not disdain. What I would say, it's a lack of admiration, I almost feel. And here's what mm. I mean by that. I see a headline the other day, like I get promoted post, and it was like, Devin Booker is not solely focused on being the best basketball player. He also wants to be the best investor. And like, that's fine. That's an admirable, you know, admirable thing or whatever. But I feel like you'd be, if you took that to Jokic and said, hey, Nicola, do you admire Devin Booker's investment strategies? He'd be like, what? No, like, I don't care about that at all. And I think it's the same, honestly, for this whole idea of, you know, the championship for the pursuit of championship. I really do think Nicola views it like he had a great quote earlier this year. Maybe it was earlier this week where he talked about, like, I don't know what our goals are, you know, for this season. I just want to go out and be the best I can be like right now, given the circumstances. And I feel like that's actually the best goal a person can have, not just in sports, but really in life when it's not necessarily we need to achieve this specific thing. It's just how can we be the best version of ourselves right. while we're while we're here? And I feel right. like he just has a natural or developed perspective that he taps into on that front. Well, it's the little, it's the little goals that keep you grounded and the little goals that keep you present. And if you're looking a lot far into the future, maybe you can do both. I mean, I, I, I got to say LeBron James is the only person I've uh, basketball player I've ever been able to see who saw both the big picture and the small picture. Um, and Jokic is very much a, a, a small picture guy, which is why the MVP was kind of like, you know, at the time he's like, yeah, but this is, this is just a, an award, you know, he's, it's, it's, it's nothing something that motivates him it's not something that drives him right. and those guys are like great to build around because they will always be focused on what's best for the team 
it, it's the foundation of all foundations. And that's what makes us so fortunate in Denver to see this. And it's a good thing that we can watch this even in a season where they're struggling. And I also think uh, Miroslav made a good point in the comments up there earlier, which is that Denver's always going to be able to pay Jokic the most. Yeah. Um, and this is not a guy who's necessarily taking advantage of other markets, right, to to sell or push products, at right. least in the domestic market, as Miroslav pointed out just there. So I think that's another, that's the more practical element to this, um, which is, you know, the biggest factor for most guys staying. So I do think, like, there's... I actually think there's little reason to worry, but I also recognize that'll always be a little bit naive to say out loud in the NBA. Uh, you know, yeah. things just crumble how they do. I'm curious, though. You know, I, we've had a decade and a half. I mean, 2010 was really that was the LeBron decision, and it was it, so we're now 12 years into sort of this era. But I do wonder. We got Damian Lillard being the high profile. I mean, he doesn't pass up an opportunity to remind you guys that he's about this staying loyal. We'll see if that plays out. You've got Giannis who won a championship last year. You got Dirk who has one. And I do feel like there is starting to be this, you know, a small sect of players who speak out saying, hey, that's actually the coolest thing you could do. Like one of those is worth three or four of these other ones. And I wonder, do you think, Jeff, that this is maybe a trend that we're going to start to see? Like it starts to swing back the other way where players say it's not about stacking rings. It's about the type of ring you get and, and, and how you do it. I, I think so, uh, mostly because uh, the NBA is doing the, the hardest it can to make leaving as financially onerous as possible. And when the the players started saying, "Okay, right. that we don't, it doesn't matter. It's just millions of dollars," they started going. But I think the culture became different, right. uh, and I think the NBA is is about that one, always about that one star who stays, is influences everyone else. Right. One of the reasons so many people leaving all the time in en mass, particularly stars, was because LeBron did it. And they, right. they, everyone follows that guy. But more people are coming in saying, like, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with staying in Portland. I'm okay with staying in Denver. And the more people do that, the guys who are, say, in Minnesota or, um, say, Milwaukee with Giannis, they'll be like, this is just perfectly fine for me. This, this is where I can still achieve my goal. And more people will see that and begin to stay. It's another oh. way. It's a different path to being immortalized, right? <laughs> totally. And it's the way it worked out for Dirk and even Giannis, right? Just immediately. he might. I say even because Giannis might win more, but let's say he doesn't. Right. It still just took that one. Yep. And that was the switch, right? The sliding doors moment. Is he a fraud or is he one of the all-time greats? And we've all right. made up our mind it's the latter now. And, yeah. and and Dirk, I, maybe is almost placed on a higher pedestal because he got just that one. The way right. he got it, I don't know. I mean, I I do think we're gonna see some guy. John Morant, I think, has already said some similar stuff about, right. about wanting to yep. stick around. I do yep. think we're gonna see the pendulum swing a little bit in this other direction. Well, well here's the here's a couple more on these. The real best example of this is Steph Curry. Now, Steph, mm -hmm. like Kobe, had the perfect setup. He went to a large market that happened to have a great culture and team around him. So he, he benefited from all of this, but he is maybe more than anyone, the guy that is going to walk away from this era as the golden boy. I mean, everybody look, he's universally loved. He's treated differently when he goes like LeBron for a while, there was this kind of draw where everybody showed up 20 minutes early to watch him, you know, jog and do whatever. But Steph Curry has surpassed, in my opinion, even LeBron's height 
in terms of the hype when he goes to ball arena, like how people show out. And I will say this, LeBron did start this, but here's, here's where I think things have flipped. Shaq left Orlando. He goes to the Lakers and he won and he became Shaq. He became one of the 15 greatest players ever. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won in Milwaukee, but he's known as a Laker. Like this is how he's known. So I think we actually had a 20 to maybe 30 year run of that working. And now LeBron has lifted the veil a little bit where it's no longer like sly. It's now like overt. And I think now it's starting to swing back the other direction. So, um, with Jokic, I definitely think he could enter the dirt conversation. If you get a ring in, in Denver, it just like one nuggets championship to me is like 10 Lakers ones, just in terms of how hard they are to get. So uh, if he got one, I just feel like he would be in the dirt category where he's immortalized. Let's take a break. On the other side, let's try to fun up this season. We're going to inject ourselves with fun juice until we start having fun. We love our Mm. Breckenridge Brewery here at DNVR. That's the official beer of DNVR, but we want to push those seltzer on you as well, those lemonades. A lot of good stuff in Breckenridge Brewery, including food. The farmhouse is open, socially distanced. You can grab some outside dining there. it's yeah, some outside dining. It sounds great. What I say? <laughs> outside dining. It sounds great. Fifty yeah, degrees right now, right? Um, it's bl- blustery out there. Blustery. If blustery. For, for one of many reasons you are more comfortable at home right now, you can still order curbside pickup from twelve to eight p.m. Get beer delivered on the Drizzly app or head to your nearest grocery store. Call three zero three eight zero three one three eight zero from twelve to eight p.m. for pickup. Use code DNVR to save five dollars. Check out the Mile High City Copper Lager. That's your Denver Nuggets themed beer. It goes down real good when the Denver Nuggets are playing real good. If you don't know how to find it, check out the Breck Beer Locator. And while we are on the topic of the Denver Nuggets, as you have noticed by now, undoubtedly, it is no longer Pepsi Center. It is Ball Arena, and we are also partnered with Ball because people are what make Ball special. People come from every level uh, to work each day and give 100% to accomplish their goals. Their production techs are the front line. They know that. Uh, they want you to feel special. They know great people are what makes a great company, and they're looking for more great people right now you can text golden to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77222 all right back here segment two of the dnvr nuggets podcast i got jeff morton with me i got brendan vote and now we're gonna fun up this season but first i have to share my favorite tweet from yesterday you guys want to see my favorite tweet Nope, not that one. I we okay. moved on. I'm sharing this one. <laughs> this is oh, first of all special guys like us, Jeff. I, I, I have the entire collection of the Far Side in my house. Actually, is it over here? No, it's not. I've got like it's like fifty thousand different cartoons. But I love this one: the Bluebird of Happiness, long absent from his life. Ned is visited by the Chicken of Depression. <laughs> Honestly, perfectly encapsulates the uh, Nuggets season. You're right. We are all being visited by the chicken of depression right now. <laughs> you know what it is? I, I think we have a uh, the the last couple of years have been so weird. We've cut. We've gone from denial to kind of this weird sort of like acceptance period, and I think we're, we're transitioning into it. That's where I am because it's like it's been fun, but this year's just struggle city, struggle city, and it's hard to watch struggle city the success so that's why i mean you, you scan twitter and people are just like rending their clothing and rolling in ashes and screaming at the sky over the nuggets and and it, it sucks man do, do you guys watch memphis at all this year and go oh, i missed that dude <laughs> you're young no expectations 
No <laughs> expectation. Every wind has found money in the pocket. You can't right. wait to watch every night. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% Jack Black in the stands this year. Like every time sure. I watch a fun team, I'm just <laughs> them. like I'm watching the Warriors and I'm just like having fun, but not allowing myself to embrace it. Just like right. so mad because you're right. Memphis is definitely the nuggets of a year ago or two years ago. They're just so fun. They play so connected. Every quote from Memphis right now is we're building a culture like we're and you're just like oh I wish we were building a culture right now uh, why do you think it's obsessed with the like the team of my youth the 90 the 94 nuggets that was the epitome of what yeah. Memphis is it was, a, it was a team that just like like oh man the youth and 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 we got to the playoffs and we did that big upset all that stuff and uh people love it they just love it and it's the next level that is the most angsty <laughs> It's yeah. the most angsty. And that's where we're at right now. It's like it's that middle ground before we hopefully get really good. Did I say Jack Black? I think the other day when I was trying to say Jack Black, I said Jack White. For some, for some reason, they're in my head. I have these two guys completely switched. <laughs> two completely different people. Jack White. Definitely Jack White. Uh, grumpy in the crowd. But um, – yeah, the 90s Knicks or the 90s Nuggets for sure. Like they were like they were more like Memphis in that they were kind of edgier. Like Denver on their like, you know, when they were on the the rise, this this Jokic version, they were more fun. Like I, yeah. I but less maybe like edgy or this or that. Um yeah. so I could see it. One thing I'll say though, Jeff, I know this hasn't like you said, your era was then. You also love the 80s. I know that the Jokic era, you've been a little bit like, you know, you've liked it, but it hasn't been your favorite. But now you get to contrast it to a bad, a down Jokic year. Like, have you been having, have you been having fun with this one? And does it in any way make you appreciate the last like three years? You know, when you're kind of reminded of what it's like when things aren't going great. I, I will tell you what happened to me, and this is this is thing that like some self analysis I did, but this is absolutely true. Going through the Brian Shaw era ruined me, and it made me like not be able to appreciate anything because it was so horrible. And I, I, it took me a while to come on board because I couldn't (laughs) believe what I was seeing. I am, I just got the the cynicism got baked into me. I do appreciate, I do appreciate more what I saw in the past. And that's kind of a pattern with me. I tend to, in hindsight, appreciate things a lot more than I do in the present. But this year, I, I, I'm a little more Zen about it than most people because I understand it's it just, to me, it's like a cycle of a, of a team. And even though there's it's a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch of injuries and, and stuff like that. And that's, it's generally what's going to happen in COVID and everyone's in a pile of suck this year in the NBA. So at this point, it's just like, why will against it? Because everyone is in a weird place and this is a weird year. Might as well just look at it and say, yeah, they're going to be kind of mad this year. And, uh, it's just it, if you if you rail against it, you're just going to end up miserable all the time. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I always talked to one of my good friends, Mort. You know, follows the Cavs. He's a Cavs mm-hmm. fan. Used to blog about him, doesn't anymore. He always talks about how 2016 was the most miserable season he's ever followed, and then they won the title, and it was awesome. But he's like, yeah, like when you have expectations, every minor failure or setback feels like a major one. Like, oh my god, this is our chance, and we're blowing it. And I think that's. Talk about being present. That's part of the experience, I think, of this year is it's like you're constantly thinking about how does today, how does the Dallas loss play into the broader story? And it's like, we don't know. We have no way of knowing anything outside of what happens right now. So why worry about how this season ends or what it means if it ends poorly and just be like, well, 
hopefully we get a cool game on Wednesday. Something cool happens. I think in the NBA community, we can't just collect data. We always have to draw conclusions, right? Nothing can just be a data point. It is now uh, what you have learned. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the constant juxtaposition with what this season could and one might say should be versus what it's been so far is what's particularly painful. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of like, they're wasting Jokic's prime or like this team isn't good enough. And it's like, man, that's not the team they built, you know? And the reason this stinks is because they built a team that was good enough and we may just not get to see it. So on a scale uh, of one to 10 vote, how fun has this season been so far? uh, Man, I don't, I don't like, you know, I actually try to be generally optimistic about the nuggets. It's I haven't had a hard time enjoying it. I really have. I mean, that Dallas game was like, I'll always enjoy sitting down to watch Jokic play. Um, yeah. but it's, it's so hard to detach yourself from that juxtaposition of what it could be right now. Right. And as a result, it's just like a season full of acid reflux, you know, <laughs> yeah. Jeff, what one to 10, what would you, how would you grade this season? Oh, uh, a solid five. <laughs> yeah. Five. It's right. Like, it's, it, this is a very five year. I mean, the record is a five. The vibes are a five. <laughs> everything, everything five. is a five. It's it's not. It's it, you can't. And that's what's frustrating. I, I I know it's exactly what's that's frustrating people. I think people would accept this more if the Nuggets were worse. I really do. If they if they were worse right now, people would be like, right. oh well, screw it, the injuries. But they're just okay enough for people to <laughs> so be like. True, ah, ah. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, you're actually talking me into something here, Jeff. Maybe. What happens is the Nuggets are bad for like four or five games. And then when they win three in a row, we're like, hell yeah, we're back. Whereas they just won three in a row and we didn't appreciate it. It's like we got we to gotta eat our vegetables and enjoy it. All right, well, let's right. talk about some ways to make this season more fun. Uh, I'm going to throw one at you guys here. Mike Singer had an article today about Bull Bull. And how he's got a lot of people in his corner in uh, behind the scenes at Ball Arena. One of those is Michael Malone, which cracks me up because the only guy who can determine whether or not he plays is Michael Malone. So I read this one and I kind of go like, hold on, what? Michael mm-hmm. Malone is Bull's biggest advocate, yet he doesn't mm-hmm. play except for when Michael Malone's gone that he plays. So I don't. So part of me wonders like a little bit of this. It feels like, um, you know, the trade deadline's a month away. Let's start talking about what a great guy all of our players are. But nonetheless, I will say the best part of the last two games to me has been Bull Bull and how good he looked and how fun he's been. To me, Bull Bull playing more minutes or just playing any minutes and like getting to see him instantly makes this season a lot more enjoyable. And by the way, we might get it at least for one game if these guys, Zeke Naji, Jeff Green, don't come back from COVID protocols. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a especially after that Houston game that was a that was a that was a nice feel from that from that and then he didn't play as much yesterday but um yeah i i, I would love to see more bull bull cuz it it's 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 kind of like team also seeing more bull bull too so you could tell that they get kind of amped up about it as well vote bull bull is that the the shot in the arm the season needs it's all right. It's tough because on one hand, I know that everyone is just done with this conversation of like, like bull is kind of like the uh, kombucha girl tea gif where she's like, huh, huh, huh. and I think everyone's getting tired of not like throwing their head back and forth uh, and no one's holding their breath. However, however, 
there was something to him in those six Dallas minutes in the game before that felt a little bubble-esque in that mm. like we we are in desperate search of vibes, man. And and I do think when he plays well, there is a feeling of excitement beyond just like, oh, maybe they'll survive this five minute stretch. Like I, you know, I haven't changed my right. perspective on the likeliness of him blossoming, but I I I it's undeniable that bowl playing well is fun. And him playing well alongside Jokic, I mean, we're desperate for anything. I'll take that morsel right now for sure. I mean, honestly, here's the thing about the Bull Bull like excitement is I really just can't envision a world in which he's back with the Nuggets next year. So right. what you're hoping for is that do we get four weeks basically between now? I don't know what it is, five weeks before the trade deadline where he starts playing and playing with Jokic and we just have this like five week run where it's like, hey, we remember that. That was fun. Uh, and then he got traded. So it's like, right to me, but that would be fun. Like, again, we talk about if you're in purgatory, you might as well have something weird, you know, happening and, and bowl, bowl, Jokic, the connection they've had was so weird. And it would be so great to see, even if it's only any, uh, only temporary. So I'm with it to me, bowl, bowl would automatically inject a lot of fun into it. How likely is this to happen? Jeff, let's say he plays against Utah nuggets win and he plays great. Then everybody comes back. Jeff green, Zeke Naji. Is he still in the rotation? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, despite the, uh, uh, I would say, retroactive um, claiming of support by the coach, um, I, I would say that um, the chances of him usurping guys that are more trust guys is very slim. Right. But it's, it, it denounces opportunity, so you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one I have here. This is an obvious one. A Bones Highland breakout. Part of you want to talk about Bones Highland season has so perfectly mimicked the Nuggets. It's been good. It's been bad. It's stopped. It's been good. It's been bad. It stopped. It's been good. It's been bad. Like we just can't get any traction. But that is one thing that would stabilize this season is if we saw over the next five, six weeks, just he plays every game and he's a little bit better each game. And honestly, the funnest part of the season might have been that like six game stretch where he kept setting career high so bones highland where does this rank vote on the fun scale of things that could happen number one number one i haven't really? forgotten yeah i think um i think the vibes were well i mean look i don't know how we're playing this game title would be sick but uh the the, <laughs> the way people were talking about bones it was like my god tim Connolly's done it again right right not just right. oh this kid's kind of good like oh this kid is exciting this kid could be special yeah. Um, and we may get back to that, by the way. So to me, that's one that is a perfect combo of on the table and would feel great. Something again, like it's one thing when the Nuggets just survive a bench stick, but we're talking about stuff that make you go, oh, I can't wait to watch the next Nuggets game. Right. And, and right. I, think, I think Bones balling out is way up there for me, if not number one. I need him to make some threes, Jeff, because right now I, I see Miroslav says if he goes seven for seven for th from three and I'm just like. I almost can't picture it. I know. Uh, I, I think uh, he brings the excitement that a great uh, guy, a six man do. You need a six man to have the good, the vibes. And he's got the vibes. And that's why he's something to look forward to because he's a guy that is always up, is always happy. And uh, I, more than how he's playing, you just need a guy who's going to be like that on your roster just in general. I mean, the talent aside, you need a guy who's going to keep up, and hopefully he does. 
Can, does a yep. team need just one vibes guy? Is it is that like a one role? You just need the one vibes guy, or do you think there's like multiple vibes guys? I don't know. If there's multiple vibes guys, would they be like? Would it be like? Two positive <laughs> batteries or something. Like that. <laughs> We're overloaded on vibes. The circuit's now inverted. <laughs> oh crap! We gotta get rid of one of our vibes guys. I'm trying to think if there's an example of that team happening. I feel like there's a good example of that. So. <laughs> there's too many good vibes. vibes from two good. players are disrupting the team because they're repelling each other, and we need them to get one guy on the team. Let's hit our last break. On the other side, I've got Jokic breakout. I've got a couple like trades. I've got the Lakers falling Great. apart. And I've got one other one that's my personal number one thing that could happen for my vibes this season. Um, but first, let's hit our final break. Hey, football season's not over yet. Your favorite NFL team may stink. Your favorite college team may not be in the playoff anymore. But you can still get skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Then from there, you should get skin in the game with new same-game parlays from DraftKings Sportsbook. Combine multiple bets to the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Are you still looking for that final touch to complete your man or woman cave? I have to, and I mean have to point you in the direction of Saturday Neon. They design and manufacture officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. We've got a couple of sweet ones for the Buffs and the Rams in the DNVR studio. This was uh, started by two Buffs and alums, but just so you know, they will make you your your CSU-related signs. Denver-based, free shipping, easy to mount, includes all the necessary and mounting hardware. It looks awesome anywhere. College fans, this is for you. Make sure you use code DNVR for 10% off your purchase. That's DNVR for 10% off that incredible neon sign. Um, back here, final segment. I got Jeff Morton, the host of the Colorado Sports Guys, aka CSG Podcast. I've also got Brendan Vogt. Um, I think one of the reasons we're at a bit of a low, low point um this season, for me personally, maybe you guys disagree. Jokic is in a little bit of a I don't want to say slump because he's still playing well, but we haven't had a Jokic game for a while. And I think that a Jokic takeover, like a winning player of the month in January, if Jokic were to win player of the month in January, he was that good. To me, instant vibes boost. Like, oh yeah, that's right. And there were moments this season we've had that where it's like Jokic was so otherworldly that it didn't matter how bad the rest of the team was. Right. I just don't feel like we've had that the last two weeks or so. And to me, that that's the easiest injection of vibes. Big Jokic game. Uh, we need him to go. I, I need him to do. I've been wanting this for a while. I need him to do 30 points, 20 rebounds, 15 assists. I just, just, just fill up that stat sheet. Like no one's business. Just, just get yeah. it out there. And that will be like the greatest uplifter of this team because nationally, everyone will be talking about the, like, the nuggets again. And, yeah. it, and that's his power. So yeah, Jokic having a Jokic game would be uh great way to get the vibes going on this year i'm totally jack white again vote when i'm looking at joel Embiid winning player of the month in december like it's another one where i'm just kind of sitting here like ah uh it's terrible but what do you think player of the month or just a player of the month caliber stretch 
Yeah, abs- I mean, that would be great. And uh, it, what's funny is how far away it feels now. Um, I think there is a threshold where it gets harder and harder for Jokic to be that guy, not be great, not be built around. Like, it's one thing to miss the star players, but then when there's no Monte as well, like, right. they, they need to get him the ball first or be able to run some pick and rolls or, or, or at least faint some other threat. And so for me to feel like it's going to happen again anytime soon. But, of but what course, if it didn't? I mean, That's my point is like, what if Yoke discovers a new way of where he's like, I don't need anybody. Right. Well, then we get back to where we were in the first, you know, what, 20 games of this season where we're going, mm-hmm. this looks awful. We're still kind of not ready to rule them out because right. Jokic looks this good. And so, yeah, man, the reminder games, another reminder game would go a long way. For sure. Two two years ago, the 2019-20 season, the one that ended up getting canceled. But before it did, if you remember, Jokic's first month of the season, not that great. But he had three game winners. So, like, <laughs> it makes me think the Nuggets could play the exact same way they had. But if we had a stretch of game winners again, like Jokic game winners, it'd be like, hell yeah, we suck all game. But Jokic is just going to – if it's within two points, he's going to win it. That could be one. How about this one, guys? A big trade. And when I say a, a big trade, let's <laughs> – I'll say a smallish medium trade. What if there was a, a Tory Craig back in Denver type trade or a Gary Harris or something like this, a reuniting <laughs> old flames. Would that give a shot in the arm? Yeah. This, I think or is this like when you would, your life's out of control and you call your ex. Is that what happens? This is what I'm going for. Yes. Oh, the happiest person, uh, the happiest person in the planet, uh, planet would be Michael Malone. Like if they, if they Tim only went, Michael Malone says, uh, we're gonna pick get Terry Corey Craig again. Uh, uh, Malone would just explode with glee over that, and then we would have a year of uh, did I did I did I fade out? No, you're I'm back. Okay, good. Um, you have another year of uh, of Tory Craig playing over Michael Porter Jr. So I don't know if we want that, um, but but it would be I don't know. I mean, I don't. You guys have probably more analysis on this than I have. Is there a is there a legit trade they could actually do with the assets they got? I mean, I'm racking my brain, and I, 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 I don't know. I mean, there's always a trade. Like, here's the thing I will say. There have been things where we've, we all talk to people within the organization. They've all been like, okay, all quiet on the Western front. Then all of a sudden, something crazy happens, and you're like, oh, wow, I did not expect that to happen. So it's always possible that Denver does make a big shakeup that we just don't see. And maybe that would inject into the season with fun. It just seems like... If there was a big trade, if you found out like Woj Bomb, Barton's traded, Monte Morris is traded, and they're bringing in a big player, like I think all of our first collective sense would not necessarily be like, awesome, something different. It'd be more like, oh boy, this is weird. The season, the weird season just got weirder. Might be good, might be bad. We don't know. Yeah, it would also be, it would feel a little bit like chasing too. I mean, chasing what got away from this you for reasons that had little to do with roster construction. And so, I mean, I know the back end of the roster isn't perfect, but no one's back end is going to look very good under these circumstances. So (laughs) I feel, what'd you say? Mine does. (laughs) <laughs> by the way wind nice. off the top rope i was trying to think of former nuggets that might come back like wancho cheapest option yeah because he's because he needs wancho. a team to play on um yeah for sure i don't know i lost my train of thought can it's you imagine smart. though if they, if they called up orlando and they were like all right zeke Naji for gary harris 
Just keep. There could Just be something special there. here. Let's help each other out. Man, it would, I, it would, it would be RJ Hampton probably. <laughs> RJ Hampton. I think. Uh, look, man, Wancho coming back. This is never going to happen. Wancho being traded like you trade Marcus Howard for Wancho or something. You get Wancho back, and he actually makes an impact, has a game-winning three or something. Vibes immediately back to one hundred. That's the only. That's that's what Wancho brings. He is a vibes yeah, guy. That's true. But it, it it's the positive ions thing again. I don't know if we can have that. <laughs> I don't think we get overdose on uh, the positive Jokic uh, Wancho vibes. Um, here's a here's another one, you guys. This is where I'm at with this season. This is one among my top ones. Not my number one. The Lakers completely falling apart would save the season for me. Like catastrophically falling apart. I'm not talking about injuries, but just. They go on like a 10-game losing streak with everyone healthy. It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, I forget about the Nuggets season. And I'm like, you know what? Doing better than them. Uh, I think that would be great. And uh, it has been great to watch them be uh, less than mid. Like like the you know, the Nuggets wow. are five. There are three, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that it's been actually great to see. The, the Russell Westbrook thing has been absolutely exactly as it was been predicted. I mean, right. if followed, just like I love it when a plan, like that, that comes into to a view that 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 not necessarily the team, but the people who have been talking about this is a terrible idea, and it plays out exactly like that, and it happens to the Lakers. <laughs> chef's kids. Plus, one of the benefits of the whole Denver thing is you're never the main character, and sometimes for worse. But in this scenario, it's for better. Because if the Lakers fall apart, that's the only thing anyone will ever talk about. And every sin the Nuggets committed will be forgiven and overlooked. So that's fine. It's so true. It's so true. Another one I have here, and this is actually my – well, before I get to my top one, a win, just a simple winning streak. Number one, a winning streak would save the season. But I'm telling you, I don't think – this the people that have followed the Nuggets during just this generation, I don't think people realize how fun a winning streak is. And I mean like a 10-gamer at least. Because once you get to about five, six games, you start to get a little excitement. Once you get to eight, nine, ten games, which the Nuggets have not had, by the way, in this era, that's when you just feel invincible. And, and you start every game becomes a party, and you're just uh, you're just getting so hyped for it. And I think that's what the Nuggets need. Like, they just had a little three-game winning streak. It didn't necessarily feel like it because it was so short. But I think if they were able to get seven, eight, or more games going in a row, to me it would, it would single-handedly vault the season back up out of purgatory. What's the longest uh, streak they've been on in the Jokic era? I think it's seven or eight. I can't remember what it wow. was, but it's not that long. Yeah, I think I think I, I'm trying to remember that. You know, the, the streak that had the most positive vibes that I remember was the end of the 2018 season. Yep. When yep. Uh, they won, what was it, five in a row or something like that? Five and, or six. It was close to their longest streak. Yeah. And one of those was uh, Jamal beating Milwaukee with three free throws at the end. Right. You know? Um, which is one of the most insane games I've ever seen. Um, but, but those that are the was... things that happen in a winning streak, though. We're like, yeah. we you yeah. you end up you win like five games comfortably, and then that six one you steal, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, the streak's alive. Let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I agree with you, Adam. I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Not only would the vibes be great, it's also just look at the West, man. Like if you win eight games in a row one time, that could be enough to vault you out of that pack, and depending on, on how they play as well around you. And then just as to Jeff's earlier point, just to get off the 
GD roller coaster for a second or right. seesaw. It's not even a roller coaster. Right. It's just back and forth and back. Yeah. And just to have just to trend in one direction for a couple of weeks would be beautiful. So I, I'm with you, man. I think it would that would be a perspective changer in which all of a sudden everyone breathes and go, okay, all things considered, not that bad, you know? Yeah, totally. One winning streak, Nuggets. Give it six game homestand, win all of them. That would be a good start. My last one here, and then I'll see if you guys have any others here. My last one, the ball is popping. If the ball gets popping, and part of this adjacent to this exact thing is, I one of the things that's been frustrating about the Nuggets over the last like three seasons, really, bubble outside of that, is that I don't feel like the Nuggets have consistently had an identity to the degree that teams like Golden State, Phoenix, even to a lesser extent, Utah, like some of these teams just have an identity, and you're like, that's who they are. That's the style. We got to go and play that style with the Nuggets. If they could get back to that ball is popping style where there's just, they make getting dunks and wide open threes and everything looks funny. You go on, you talk about streaks. The Nuggets rarely go on like 10 0 runs, but that, that's part of it is when you have your identity, you get into a groove and you go on these 10 0 runs once or twice a game. So if the Nuggets found a way to get the ball popping and further solidified their identity, uh, to me, that would be even if the record was was what it was. To me, I'd be like, at least we know who we are, and and we just got to improve on that. I just don't even feel like the Nuggets are there right now. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that because <clears throat> the ball was kind of popping against Houston, right? And that and, and a lot of that has to do with the Houston sucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah but factor. but fuck Faku behind the back passes, and I think right. actually going into that Faku and his trickeration. Plays a lot into into how the vibes are with this team and how things improve. Uh, when he's doing that, and it's like yeah, he gets turnovers, but everyone's loving it. That plays into the whole balls popping thing because it kind of facilitates that with certain units and stuff like that. So, yeah, I agree, and I think I think I don't know how they can facilitate that necessarily without you know Jamal and you know Monte and all that stuff out there. But I think. I think they can get to an approximation of it. And maybe that'll lead to that the your previous point, Adam. Maybe they'll go on a streak. Right. Yeah, maybe. Both. Yeah. And I mean, look, just some consistency in the lineups, I really think is the biggest thing to that. Like there were stretches where where Monte plus Barton plus AG plus Jokic and Jeff actually, who does a good job as a connector piece in those possessions, they did get some of that going. It's just it does seem like anytime either unit or this team as a whole seems to get a little bit of a rhythm going. They just get chopped down at the knees by COVID protocols or black right. or whatever. Yeah. It's just, everything has to go in flux. So I do think with Monte there closer to full, this version of full strength, it can, it can happen. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen with, with Faku and rivers, but we'll see. Yeah. Jeff, do you have any uh, other ideas for injecting fun this season? Well, from a fan perspective, uh, I advocate drinking games. Um, <laughs> so okay. every right. every uh, I drink wine, so it's hard to do drinking games with wine. But um, say, like, if you are, have your whiskey of choice, um, uh, I'm sure DNVR has one uh, one of the varietals that they're happy to, to talk about. But but say, like, Mike Malone does a rage timeout shot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, like I, got a, I got like if you've seen airplane, I've got a drinking bro. No, um, and uh, there is like there's just there's way you can make this fun participating in count the number of times that 
they would dribble handoff and reset and do another dribble handoff and then reset and do another dribble handoff. That you could you could do that and do a shot. It'll make it fun for you. And then by the time halftime comes, you'll be you'll be so drunk that you won't be able to pay attention to the rest of the game. And then that'll keep your vibes up until you find out the results in the next day. That's my that's what I would say. And um, you know, you know what else could work, Jeff? Um, and I have this, I think, somewhere blocked out for roughly March. Jamal Murray coming back to the Denver Nuggets. Oh, yeah, there. I, mean, I, I will never, and watch me do it immediately now that I say this, but I will never take him for granted again. And and what what a role he plays and what goes well for this team when it's going well. Yeah. I mean, he definitely could be the biggest, like, vibes boost, but it, it, we I don't know the Nuggets can wait for that, that long. Like, yeah, I yeah, no. we would like some vibes in the interim, <laughs> yeah. Do either yeah. of you guys have any other ideas for a little yeah, bring back the bring back the short shorts? Yeah. The short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> That'll change the vibes. Uh, that definitely change the vibes. Uh actually, you know, in a, in a really serious way, um I think I think going back to what you said earlier about bowl, I saw the against Houston, I saw the team absolutely stand up and just enjoy every aspect of him playing well. And right. I think they need another guy like that out there. Maybe not necessarily, but another guy that they can all just stand up and cheer for. Because it seems like when they have some guy like Popeye, when they, you saw in the lot in the locker room after they're dumping the water on him. Um, honestly, they have a guy like that to to uh, kind of compete for and do something for for the special. I think they all kind of rally behind that, and it really lifts the vibes in too. Um, you got anything else, vote? No, I think that's a good one. Um, convert Elitches into a stable. <laughs> Earnest suggestion. Outside of that, I got nothing. Yeah. Jokic, I like him saying, uh, you know, him. I admire Dirk for staying, but I wouldn't mind him saying, like, I'll always be a Denver Nugget. Like, just erase all doubt. Just be like, you know what? I plan to stay here for 10 more years, and I can't right. wait for that. Right. No, and I'm coming on the DNBA show to announce that. I'd be like, "Wow, what a great, what a great little sequence of words there." Convenient event, (laughs) very convenient. Uh, Well, Jeff, thank you so much, man, for for coming on. Yeah, no problem, Baker. I mean, I appreciate it. I feel like we solved all of the Nuggets' problems, and we can expect our checks in the mail from the Cronkies to uh, (laughs) to get the Nuggets rolling again. but that does it, guys. You can check him out over at the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. He does uh, he reviews seventies rock, uh, grunge, horror movies, as well as the latest and greatest from Denver sports. Yes, I, I, I'm a man of uh, many talents, and I don't mean many; I mean many. So, um, <laughs> uh, Jesus, <laughs> your dad energy is like, and honestly, you're we're right here with dad energy. That was a oh, great yeah. dad joke. Wow. So anyway, yeah, but that I do that, but I do have two top podcasts. That's CSG and then I have the Gen X show. And that the Gen X show is where I review all the old person shit. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to hit that like button on the way out. Leave a rating and review. We don't have any ratings or reviews on the podcast in 2022, so that means you, listener, could be the first one to review it in 2022 giving you that uh distinct that honorary distinction. Everybody else will see you tomorrow for the pregame show. Nuggets Jazz We'll see you guys tomorrow.